Welcome back. It's been a while, to say the least. Um, to be honest, I don't even know when the last time it was that <clears throat> I've been in front of a microphone. Uh, it's been a while, for sure. But I guess I'll, I'll, I'll explain why. But uh, yeah, basically, it's just been kind of tough to find time to record lately um hopefully at some point this year <laughs> i hope i'll uh i'll kind of be in a different situation and uh find a little bit more time to record because i really do enjoy doing this this is a lot of fun um it's it's not exactly like it's not it, this is not good if you've listened in the past, I, I honestly don't know why. Obviously, thank you, but I, I really don't know why. But, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun doing this, and I want to make sure I continue it. So, I don't know when you'll hear me again after this, but I can assure you that one day this podcast will really become a thing. Um, one day I'm going to put a lot more time into this, and we'll see where it goes together, I guess, but... I just kind of wanted to <clears throat> take a few minutes to to go over some things that's been happening in the sports world recently. I'm not going to backtrack all the way until the last episode and hit the high points since, since then. Let's just kind of go over what's happened in the last couple weeks, even. You know, obviously we had the Super Bowl, and, you know, I'm, I don't really feel the need to, to talk about that. We all watched it, and, you know, a lot of NFL shows and stuff like that they've they've talked it into the ground at this point but while we're on the nfl subject something that happened um actually a few minutes ago uh carson wentz was traded to the colts and uh i don't know i don't know i mean honestly i think that's his best chance uh going forward is with the Colts because it's something he never had with the Eagles. He never, ever, ever, ever had a solid, healthy offensive line. Now, granted, granted, there's some talent on the Eagles' offensive line um, while he was there anyway. Jason Kelsey, uh, Jason Peters, Lane Johnson. But keeping all three of those guys healthy at the same time, uh, Andre Dillard as well. Keeping all those guys healthy at the same time, or really anybody on the Eagles healthy at the same time, uh, proved to be almost an impossible task. He never had good receivers in Philly. Uh, I mean, I guess you could point out Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, but uh, honestly to that I say whatever. But he also never really had a good, a strong run game while he was there. Um uh, so it'll it'll be good to see him go to a team like the Colts where he'll have a strong run game, he'll have a strong offensive line, and he'll have some playmakers at receiver and tight end and a good defense to back it up as long or to go along with a competent coaching staff as well. It's going to be interesting. I, I think this will really be the time where we see his talent. Now, the Colts gave up a third-round draft pick for this year and a conditional... 2022 second round pick to Philadelphia 
that becomes a first-round pick if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or 70% with a playoff appearance. So that's interesting. Um, I would I wouldn't say that's that's not a lot. You're, you know, obviously it was probably always going to end up with the Eagles basically just getting the contract off the books with a little bit of compensation with draft picks, but I wouldn't say that's a whole lot. Now it becomes a lot if that conditional pick turns into a first round pick. That's that's a different story but it all depends on how Carson Wentz plays because like with any other trade in the league even if you think maybe it's a one-sided trade or something like that like I kind of see like I kind of feel like the Eagles are definitely winners right now subject subject to change but I definitely think the Eagles are the winner of this trade as of right now but like I was saying with any other trade in any sport, if you win a championship, if you upgraded that position from a, a high level, like Philip Rivers wasn't great this past year, but he hung in there and he kind of, he was, he was the guy that they needed. Okay. He was a, he was a step up for sure. Carson Wentz can, can definitely play at the level that Philip Rivers played this past year, minus the intelligence, <laughs> but if the Colts go on to win a championship, it, it does none of this matters. Those draft picks, they they don't matter. If you win a championship, no matter what you win, you win the trade no matter what. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch going forward. Uh, I don't want to spend you know a whole lot of time on this, but uh, yeah. Also, we have J.J. Watt, who was released by the Texans. Um, <clears throat> many people think that he'll end up with the Steelers where his brothers TJ and Derek play. Um, I, I get it. If it happens, I get it. The Steelers don't have a whole lot of cap space, which as a Browns fan, I say, <gasps> oh, so sad, so, so sad. But I would love, I said it from the moment it happened, and I kind of said it joke, jokingly because, I mean, as a sports fan, you're honestly unless you are a fan of the Dodgers or something, you're not used to your teams actually getting who you want them to get. Like, we we all want Derek Watt. I'm sorry. Jesus. J.J. Watt. We, I mean, I'm sure some people want Derek Watt, but he's not J.J. Watt. We all want him, but at the end of the day, 31 uh, fan bases are going to be very disappointed the Browns allegedly are one of the front runners, and that's surprising. And man, it is exciting, and I'm so ready to get hurt. Um, I mean, just think about this: JJ Watt on the other side, Miles Garrett. That's it. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. That's everything. JJ Watt, Miles Garrett. That team was pretty good this year. You add a piece like J.J. Watt, you put some experience on the defense, which is not something the Browns have a whole lot of is experience on the defense. You're looking you're looking at a different team. Um, I would like to see the Browns get somebody, um, a veteran presence in the second secondary because I think the secondary is really young and could use uh, Richard Sherman. Um, but if I have to choose between the two, which I think I do, 
Um, absolutely J.J. Watt, and I'm not even going to think twice about it. So <clears throat> hopefully that happens, but I understand if he signs with the Steelers. I'm it's whatever. It's business. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, the Deshaun Watson thing. I think we all know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I don't have to go over all that again. Uh, the Texans are morons, obviously. I, I don't think I don't think that's a hot take by any means. Uh, they've let it get to this point. It should have never ever gotten to this point, but it has because of the Texans and the Texans' refusal to trade Deshaun Watson is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. They've got to do better. They need to do the right thing, and they need to move on. Deshaun Watson deserves better than what the Texans have given him and what they are going to give him in the future. And honestly, this is the best thing that could happen to the Texans right now because they have no draft capital at all. They Billy O'Brien just completely stripped that team of everything. It was over the moment they traded DeAndre Hopkins. It was just, it was over. So hopefully, hopefully uh, they do the right thing and move on. I personally, I would say my pick for Deshaun Watson, where I think he'll go. A lot of people are saying Miami. Some people are saying the Jets. Some people are saying the Broncos, which I expect all those teams to be involved in it when the time comes. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the Panthers. It's just a gut feeling. I, I can't tell you why it's just a gut feeling, but um, <clears throat> I guess we'll move on to the MLB. Like I said, I don't want this podcast to be super long. Just kind of a, hey, here's why I've been gone, and um, let you know that one day this is this is going to be a thing again, and it'll be way better than it was in the past because I've had a lot of time to kind of think over the future of this and uh what i want it to be and there's some big changes coming up on this <clears throat> when i when my situation changes a little bit um there will be some big changes and we're going to get going with this thing but just want to let y'all know i'm not dead uh but with baseball what <laughs> there's a lot to talk about with baseball obviously pitchers and catchers reported this week which is so exciting. Thank God baseball is coming back again. Um, as a Braves fan, I'm just going to talk about the Braves for a minute. We re-signed Marcelo Zuna. Good job, good job. Should have done that a while back. Um, that's great. Like he was, he was honestly. I would. I don't think it's hot a hot take to say that he was the second best player on the roster last year. He was incredible. And I think he's the reason we made it to the NLCS, to say the least. So I'm I'm excited to have him back. I hope he keeps it up. I doubt he can play at as high of a level as he did last year for 162 games. But nonetheless, I'm I'm fired up to have him back. We lost Mark Melanson. Not a fan of that. I think. Let's see. What did the Padres get him for? The Padres got him. Oh my God. They only had to pay him $2 million. Somehow the Braves couldn't come up with $2 million <clears throat> to just bring him back, just to have the steadiness. He was really good for us down the stretch last year. I don't think 
Um, I mean, obviously, we still have Chris Martin. We still have Shane Green. We still have Will Smith. All these guys are obviously very, very good relievers. But Melanson just, you know, he's another piece. He's incredible. I'm I'm really excited. The Braves got Carl Edwards Jr. on a minor league deal, and I'm really excited about that. <clears throat> but um, it, it just still feels like there's a void because of that. But I guess we'll see. Um, we lost Adam Duvall, which I don't even know where to start on that. That doesn't that made no sense to me at all. None, none. And who have we, who have we brought in to replace him? I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. I have no idea. And uh, let's see. Oh, actually, the most, dis- probably, the most disgusting thing that I've seen about the Braves is, you know, right, a- right around now every year, they come out with the playoff projections and the division projections, all that stuff. Pakota just put out a projection, I think it was yesterday or today. They had the Braves finishing the fourth in the division. With an 82 and 80 record, they had the Mets winning the division with 94 games. So they had the Mets, the Phillies, and the Nationals ahead of us. And the two that actually made the playoffs last year, the Marlins and the Braves, are at the bottom of the division. Keep in mind, the Braves added Charlie Morton. That's a big difference. They added Drew Smiley who pitched really well in limited opportunities last year, and I don't, I don't see how you could be anything but excited about him being there. We Once Soroka gets healthy, we have a five-man rotation that we can send out there. We have a guy every single day that can shut you down. That's the first time that's happened since the 90s. We don't have a single spot in our rotation where Braves fans are saying, I don't know. Like, we are very confident in our rotation for the first time in a very long time. And props to the Braves for that. Yes, we lost Adam Duvall. We didn't get any better at third base. We lost a few bench pieces, but we picked up a few too. I mean, I think Jason Kipnis can be a good player. Can be. Don't know if he will, but he can be. And it's worth giving him a shot. But if you think that losing Adam Duvall and Mark Melanson are the difference between last year going to the NLCS and this year only winning 82 games and missing the playoffs? Are you kidding me? When we improved our rotation, and the bullpen is still going to be nails without Melanson. It's still, and O'Day, sorry. Without those two guys, it's still going to be nails. And I'm sure we'll have to plug and play some pieces. There's, there's a... There's no doubt in my mind about that. But, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And the Mets, I mean, yeah, the Mets had a lot of big changes this year. They got a new owner. Um, they, they made a lot of signings. They spent a lot of money. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. That's cool and all. 
But, I mean, they have Jacob deGrom, Marcus Stroman, Cookie Carrasco, um, Joey Lachesi, and Jordan Yamamoto as their starting five. Yeah, that's pretty good, but that's not as good as the Braves. Their bullpen, they signed Trevor May um, and pretty much everybody else is back from last year. So they got a little bit better in the bullpen, but oh yeah, they're still not as good as the Braves there either. They signed James McCann. That's a big addition behind the plate. Good for them. Um, They're pretty solid behind the plate now for sure. Uh, So again, good for them, but... You know, I don't think James McCann is any or not really much better than Travis Darno, if we're being honest, the way he played last year. At first base, still got Pete Alonzo. Oh, yeah, Freddie Freeman won the MVP last year. Jeff McNeil at second. Um, yes, please give me Ozzy Albies all day. I love Jeff McNeil, but Ozzy's better. Third base, J.D. Davis. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, shortstop, they got a hell of a lot better, and they are a hell of a lot better than us at shortstop. They got Francisco Lindor, one of the best shortstops in the league, no doubt. They are 110% better than us at that position, um, but still not enough. Left field, Dominic Smith. Yeah, Ozuna's better. Center field, Brandon Nemo. Uh Yeah, we had this dude named Ronald Acuna that plays center field who's just a wee bit better. And right field, Michael Conforto and Brandon Nimmo. I just, I don't see it. I don't see how you could sit there and look at this roster and say, oh yeah, hell yeah, they're they're definitely better than the Braves, the... um, yeah, that's probably. I mean, I was hundred percent. I think the Mets will win ninety games. I I can see the Mets making the playoffs for sure, but I don't see them winning the division. And I definitely see the Braves winning a lot more than eighty-two games. If I can find a sports book that will allow me to bet the over on the Braves winning eighty-two games, I will put my life savings on that. And that is a promise. I believe in that with all my heart. I, I just I don't understand how you could do that. It it really makes me angry. And that's not Fangraphs did the same shit. Fangraphs did the exact same thing. So check your computer models because they did the same damn thing last year too and the Braves made it to the NLCS and almost the World Series. Granted, no, they didn't make it to the World Series, but they made it a hell of a lot farther than a lot of teams on the NL. So you know, kiss my ass and we'll see you in October. I don't give a fuck. That's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, let's see, college football. Oh, yeah. So Tennessee did a whole thing. They caught people giving cash money to recruits in McDonald's bags. Uh, that's hilarious. Jeremy Pruitt got fired. That's hilarious. All their best players transferred, basically. That's hilarious. Uh, So, yeah, they brought in UCF's coach, who I can't even remember his name off the top of my head because I just genuinely don't care. Uh, That dude's an idiot, an absolute idiot. He's not going to make, like, you were better off with Jeremy Pruitt. You were 100% better off with Jeremy Pruitt. 
They are bringing in um, Willie Martinez as their defensive coordinator, which is hilarious. He used to be the defensive coordinator for Georgia back in the day. I don't even remember what year he got fired or what years he was there. Nothing. I don't remember any of that because I tried to erase that from my memory. That was some of the worst defenses I've ever seen when he was at Georgia. It was bad. Really, really bad. Um, So, you know, Tennessee, good luck with that. Uh, I probably wouldn't – I would probably stop talking about Vanderbilt because you're probably heading for where Vanderbilt is right now, and Vanderbilt's trending upwards. They got a very, very good head coach now, um, a lot better than Derek Mason. So if I was a, if I was a Tennessee fan, I'd, I'd stop talking. Also, while we're on the subject. <laughs> hey, Auburn. I'm not done with you. Auburn, they fired Gus Malzahn. You know, that's whatever. They had to eat a lot of money to do that. Um, but could be worth it. You know, it was worth a shot for sure. But my Lord, <laughs> the coaching hire that they made. I, the, you know, it's a problem when I got to look up his name to talk shit about him. Auburn football head coach. I forgot his name just because it's, it's it just doesn't matter to me. Brian Harson, he was the head coach at Boise State. Uh, there's so many things I could say about this one. There, once again, you were better off with Gus Malzahn. I think what they thought would happen is if they fired Gus Malzahn, they could attract a Tony Elliott, they could attract a Steve Sarkeesian, they could attract basically any top head coaching candidate in the country. Hell, they thought they could get Brent Venables. Get the fuck out of here. You're not going to get Venables. You're not going to get Tony Elliott. You're not going to get Sarkeesian. None of those people are coming there. You had a better chance of getting Urban Meyer than any of those people. Boy, you go off. You have to go all the way to Idaho to find somebody who wants that job. And keep in mind, when Harson or whatever his name inherited that program, he was in pretty good shape. And he didn't keep it quite at the same level. I, like, I can't even talk about this with a straight face. It's just so ridiculous. How, if you're an Auburn fan, you have to be, like, shitting yourself right now. This is, like, this is ridiculous. And then he brings in Mike Bobo as, an off, as his offensive coordinator. Which, I mean, you know, there's probably some people out there that will say nice things about Bobo, but you're not going to find it here. I don't, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, the one, the one hire I was, I was pretty happy with for, or not happy with, because I don't, I don't want Auburn to be happy. I want them to be miserable. But one, the hire that I, I thought was a good hire, was bringing Derek Mason in as defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't, I think Derek Mason's a shitty head coach. Just the same thing as Will Muschamp, who, by the way, is at Georgia now. Congrats. They're both shitty head coaches, but that doesn't mean they're bad football coaches. They're not bad position coaches. They're not bad coordinators. Just because they're a bad head coach, it's, it's different. It's different in the NFL. It's different in college. 
And those guys are the perfect example of that. So, you know, um, that's that's the one hire I don't hate. So Auburn, I think you already had enough problems to go around before you let go of Malzahn, but now I think you really got some problems. And y'all in Tennessee are about to be hella miserable. <laughs> hella miserable for a while. And I'm going to dance on your grave when it happens. And I know Tennessee's probably going to win the first, like, I don't know, two games of the year or something. And they're going to be talking about how they're going to the national championship. And we're going to have to redo this whole thing all over again. Then when they get their ass handed to them by Alabama, they're going to say it was the rest fault or that Nick Saban is doing this or that. We're going to have to hear all the excuses. And normally their spirits die by like week eight or nine or something like that. And then they shut up until the next offseason, and they start trying to find a reason to fire their head coach. It's a continuous circle, and I love it. I love it. And I'm going to dance on your graves when it happens again. So, um, yeah, let's close out. Let's just do some NASCAR and close out. Um, I have a, I have a, a lot of thoughts about this NASCAR season. Um, let's start with the Daytona 500, which was this past Sunday. Man, what a race. What a race. And I don't necessarily mean that in a good way. Um, I mean, obviously, we saw who won. It's Michael McDowell. Probably never going to see that again. I mean, it wasn't a fluke. I'll give him that. It, it was not a fluke at all. He's He's been very competitive at Daytona and Talladega for a long time. It was still surprising, though. <laughs> it was still surprising. We saw that, um, you know, Brad Keselowski got a good run going into turn three, and Logano blocked him. And they both wrecked out, and Brad Keselowski's car got tore up pretty bad, but... Um, yeah, I mean, McDowell won. That's really all I got, but I'll tell you some things in that race that I saw that I was excited about. One, Chase Elliott once again, right in the mix, finished second. He was, he was in the mix for a lot of the race. He picked up basically right where he left off last season. In third place, one driver that I am so excited for this year, and that's Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon put together such a good playoff run last year. He drove his ass off. Everyone called him a silver spoon kid for a long time, but he's really made good strides. He won at Texas last year. I'm really excited for him. Um, I think this will be a big year, and once again, he comes out and he just – he just drives and he gets himself in good opportunities. He's not overly aggressive, so he doesn't get caught up in a bunch of wrecks. And it, he's just he's just a good, consistent driver who is consistently getting better. So I'm very excited about that. My boy Kevin Harvick was in fourth, and that's good. You know, he's gonna have an, another great year, no doubt. Um, Denny Hamlin, whatever. Ryan Priest had a really good week at Daytona this past week. He uh, he was really fast all week, and I mean, I don't think that's a sign of anything to come this season, but 
I'll give him that credit. He had a very, very good week at Daytona. Um, Ross Chastain in the 42, got to be excited for him. He's he's taken every single opportunity he could get for the past, well, really his whole racing career, and he's finally got one good, consistent opportunity. So I'll be excited to see what he can do. And an 8-9, and nine, Jamie McMurray and Corey LaJoy, both driving for Spire Motorsports, and that is honestly the team that I'm most excited about for this year. You know, I don't really necessarily see them winning a race. Jamie McMurray, that was a start and park deal. But Corey LaJoy, I think, is going to have a really good year, and I think Spire Motorsports as a whole is going to kind of surprise some people. So that'll be interesting to watch. Just keep an eye on them. That's all I got on that. But, uh <clears throat> Kyle Larson had a pretty consistent day. I really don't know what we should expect out of him yet. Uh, Cole Custer had a good run. He finished 11th. Austin Sendrick had a really good day. He showed that he could drive with the big boys, so he'll be exciting to watch going forward. Bubba Wallace in the new 23 car. He had a really good run for most of the day. Had a loose wheel. Um, The Toyotas had a... Kind of had a rough last pit stop and got separated, and it went downhill from there. Bubba finished a lap down and got involved in the the wreck on the last lap. Tough break, but I think Bubba's going to be very competitive all year. I think that car's a lot faster than people think. It's going to be exciting to watch, but um, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and finish it up here. Like I said, I'll be back. I have no idea when, but it's going to happen. We'll be back before you know it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you when you see. Yeah. Nope. We'll see ya when we see ya.